0: Welcome to the superintendent podcast. I'm Idaho superintendent of public instruction, Debbie Critchfield. In this episode, we continue our discussion on fentanyl with the director of Idaho State Police, Colonel Kedrick Wills. In part one, we learned about the drug's presence in the state and the risk it poses to our young people. If you missed that episode, you can find it in the same channel where you're listening to this episode. In part two, we talk about what we as parents, educators, and law enforcement can do to help protect our children from the dangers of fentanyl. We'll now rejoin the conversation where we left off. So we spent the first part of this conversation talking about the, the what and where and who. Help us educate our communities, our school communities, our families, our grown-ups on, on what we need to be talking about, what we should be aware of. What, what kind of training uh, do you put out?
1: I think that's that's a great question. And we are evolving, too, as we are learning this. This is new to us as well. And so we have, through our state police detective offices statewide, we have offices in every part of the state, we are asking our state police detectives to go out and speak to this issue and spe- and give specific examples of how this is affecting Idaho. You know, it doesn't mean a lot if this is in Boston, Massachusetts, or in Florida, but this is right here in Idaho, and you had mentioned before in Salmon. But I'm telling you, it's in every small town. I grew up in Glens Ferry, and I know in where Glens Glens Ferry. Yeah. Glens Ferry uh, well, there are certainly people in every small town that have sure. always used drugs. I don't know that we had an epidemic like we have in every every corner of our state right now, and so we have to attack it at that level. To attack it from just from Boise and say it only affects big communities or big schools or only affects it doesn't. It affects every school, and so our message is. It is everywhere, and we have to be over, super vigilant because most of us take pills of some right. sort, right? Just in our day-to-day course of activity, children and, and adults alike take pills, and the message is to make sure you know exactly where that pill is coming from or don't take it because the consequence is deadly. It's it's just crazy to me that we're at that point in our society where that's where we're at, that that they've taken something. I mean, before, most Idahoans don't smoke. So to smoke marijuana, most Idahoans aren't going to very few idahoans snort things up their nose so it's not that doesn't impact sure. you right but almost all of us take pills and and especially students if they're not thinking about where that pill came from and getting it from the original container can think that they're combating a headache and the next thing you know they're no longer with us and that's what's so sad
0: you use the word epidemic and and that's a that's a striking word in any sentence and clearly you have the viewpoint as you look around the state and say it's everywhere. So, you know, for anyone that's listening, thinking, "Oh no, that can't be." How, how do we, how do we help in our schools with our youth? D- youth, do we? Is it having um, assemblies? Is it involving our SROs? Is school counselors? In, in your experience, or is it everybody? I mean, where where do we get the most bang for our buck?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question, and I wish I had all of the answers. <laughs> but I know what seems to work is trying everything. There is an enforcement component, of course. There is an education component, of course. There needs to be a treatment component for people who are already in this in this cycle of using fentanyl. How do we get them to stop using it? Because it's so potent that their bodies become used to it. And I'll tell you, if we arrest somebody, I'll just give you an example of the potency. If we arrest somebody um, for fentanyl and their body is used to taking X amount of pills a day and they're in, prison, or in jail for 30 days and get out and go back to that same, they haven't taken it for 30 days. That's a lethal dose for them all of a sudden. What wasn't 30 days ah. ago is now a lethal dose for them. So we've got to educate the users as well and give them some some sort of uh, help that we can give them, substance abuse help, to get them well. You know, the Idaho way is we help each other. Yeah. And so how do we help those that are already in this as well? That's a component too. Keep it keep people that aren't there yet from getting there. And the people that are already there, let's get them well. So really, I kind of see this as like a three-legged stool, if you will, for us. There's the education component, the enforcement component, and then there's the treatment component. And so we're trying to figure out around the state some different ways that we can help with the treatment component as well.
0: When we talk about looking for just different signs, you've you've mentioned one already, which I think is an important one. You don't take pills unless it came out of the container or you saw someone take it out of the, the packaging or whatever. What are some other... Tips, you know, there there are signs. You know, if if someone's child is smoking, you can you know you can smell tobacco or you you know or vaping. You know, if your son's uh, room smells like blueberries, there's probably something going on there. Fourteen year olds don't like air freshener <laughs> like that. But what would be some other sort of tips that that we can just kind of just the awareness piece of hey, if if you're seeing this that or the other, start asking some questions.
1: Sure, I think for the parents and for. Um, uh, teachers and administrators, it's anything that students, they think that you know your students pretty well. Uh, my wife's a teacher and she knows gets to know her students pretty well. And when students start acting out of the ordinary for them, it may be completely ordinary for another student, but they start acting different than they're used to. Maybe they're becoming more secretive. Maybe their backpack never leaves their side where before they didn't care. Um, just things that are different than what you're used to. Um, i think is is a key and then for people that uh, at home the same thing if you be- if the chil- children or students are becoming more secretive and they're becoming more uh, a little more clandestine about who they're hanging out with or they all of a sudden have new friends and they don't want to bring them around the house or those kinds of things it may not necessarily be fentanyl it may be but something else or it, but yeah. but it should lead us to ask more questions that's my point and then for things to look at that when people are using fentanyl if they're uh, for specifically for an overdoser, if they're high on fentanyl, is if they have pupils that are pinpointed, they're losing consciousness or they're nodding off when they're normally awake, um, slow breathing or weak breathing, those kinds of things that aren't normal for them, then we need to be really, really concerned and not be afraid to call 911. Because if they're overdosing on fentanyl and we can catch it early enough, it is reversible and we can save them.
0: For parents that are monitoring texting, are there emojis or code words, or are there things that, you know, might stand out that way as well?
1: Sure. There are. And Teenagers there are. can be clever. <laughs> they can be more <laughs> than anything. I would, as a parent, make sure, you know, who they're texting and make sure that the texts don't change. If you're talking about the basketball game for two weeks straight and all of a sudden there's a bunch of emojis that parents don't understand. <laughs> let's ask them for the
0: questions. Absolutely. Yeah. So in your efforts here, I am um, clearly you, you have a variety of things, um, you know, as the as the colonel of our state police, you see all types of issues, all whether it's and I guess I'm just going to even put like crimes aside. Your fundamental interest is safety yes. and and protecting citizens, which in this case boils down to the individual. Sometimes people, we, we got to help kind of save people from themselves. But for the amount of attention, I mean, where, where does this rank in, in your everyday conversations?
1: This is our number one issue. At the Idaho State Police, and I would say in law enforcement in general in Idaho right now. We have re- I have meetings regularly with other law enforcement partners, and this is the what I hear is their number one issue because it's the number one killer right now in our in our country.
0: What have I not covered here? I know that you know so much about it and I I, I am learning and so I won't get to some of the questions, but Teach me, teach us on some of the things that we need to know about this issue.
1: Yeah, I think the number one thing is that it's easy to tune out when you think drugs aren't your problem because I don't use drugs, right? And or and I don't think my kids use drugs. I think it's easy to tune it out and think it's somebody else's problem. And that has been true in Idaho up until now, but that is no longer true now. It is all of our problem. It is all of our responsibility, every Idahoan. If we're going to overcome this, every Idahoan has to understand that they have a stake in this.
0: If we could clone you and put you in every school, in every faculty room to talk to all faculties, which by the way, we're, you and I are having conversations on, on how we do a variation of what I'm going to say. But what's the message to our, our school people? I, I respect and understand that there are lines between what schools can do and then what families need to do and should do. But we've, we have students throughout the day and so you know we're educating them about math and history and geography we also need to do this so what what's the message to educators
1: you know i think it's interesting because it's all about health and wellness and we need to keep our students well or they're not going to be able to succeed and this is part of that a huge part of wellness
0: i appreciate you coming and taking time and if people want more information which they will where where can we send them
1: So send them to their school resource officer send them to their local law enforcement or they can look at the on our webpage at the Idaho State Police webpage and get more information about this
0: Wonderful uh, can we ask as a placeholder for you to come back let's put some things together and see what we can work on together then I'd love to come back in some time and and kind of evaluate where we are and and see if some education and awareness if if it's um, having the impact that we'd like it to have
1: I would be glad to anything to keep Idaho safe. I am all in.
0: I love it. That's why you're so good at your job. And we're happy that you're here.
1: Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. So, our guest on this episode of the Superintendent Podcast has been Colonel Kedrick Wills, Director of the Idaho State Police. If you missed the first part of our conversation, you can find that and all other Superintendent Podcast episodes at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube and the Idaho Department of Education website. Thank you again for listening. This is Debbie Kirchfield.